0: Today we are going to speak on how to make decisions in prayer. John 5.30 says, I can of my own self do nothing, as I hear I judge. And my judgments are just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father who has sent me. Jesus did nothing on himself because he was totally yielded to his Father in complete joyful surrender to do God's will and his Father's will alone. And if Jesus did this, so must we. We need to die of our self-will and yield to God in total joyful unconditional surrender to hear God and obey him above our own desires. John five thirty six says but I have a greater witness than that of John for the works which the father has given me to finish the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Wouldn't it be good that if we could say the same? God sent Jesus into the world, but Jesus sends us to make disciples of all nations. And in order that we do not hinder him by our little minds in comparison to his, we need to be absolutely obedient. In verse 44, Jesus asked, how can you believe which receive honour one of another and seek not the honour that comes from God only? We must please God, not man. Obey God, not just man. We need to do only what God tells us to do. Jesus had an intimate and totally obedient relationship with his father which led to powerful and amazing results. In John 6 verses 5 to 6 we read when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him he said to Philip where shall we buy bread that these may eat and this he said to prove him for he himself knew what he would do. Then the wonderful miracle of feeding 5,000 people with five loaves of two fishes and the gathering up of no less than 12 baskets of leftovers happened. And then Jesus departed to the mountain alone to pray after which he did another outstanding miracle, that of walking on water. By now multitudes were searching for Jesus. And he explains the miracle in John six, thirty-two to 33, that Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Jesus is the bread of life. He gives life to the world. Jesus came down from heaven to give life to the world by doing the Father's will all the way to the cross and dying on the cross he won through that not only to the victory of rising from the dead but also to a complete victory over every sin, every sickness, every demon and over death itself. Then Jesus ascended to heaven, where He sits at the Father's right hand, above all rule and authority, and above every name that is named. John six twenty-eight to twenty-nine says, "Then He said unto them, What shall we do that we might work the works of God?" And Jesus answers and said to them, "This is the work of God, that you believe on Him who He has sent." And John 4, 33-35 says, Therefore his disciples said to one another, Has any man brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My meat is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. Say not, There are four months, and then comes a harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, or they're already white to harvest. When we really believe Jesus, we will earnestly and sincerely want to do all he wants us to do. And when we begin to do the works that he wants us to do, it's then that we begin to do the works of God. For God himself will faithfully show us every time in prayer exactly what he wants us to do. And we will begin to make the right, judgments and decisions for we will be learning to make all those decisions in prayer first we must firmly resolve to only do what the father tells us and that means spending time in prayer in order to hear him and what his will is and then obey him second we must choose to make all our daily decisions in prayer and this means spending more time with God In 1974 as a New Believer, I started Longfield Riding Centre in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. When it began to run at a loss and I had to sell a horse to pay the bills and then carried on. The next month I still ran at a loss and the next and I had to sell another horse to pay the bills. And I then realised if I sold any more horses I would not have enough to teach on. So I came to the Lord with the problem. I'd given my life to the Lord about a year earlier, but now it dawned on me it might be a good idea to give the Lord my business too, even in its poor state. And the Lord received it. And then he spoke to me about finding another stable yard for my livery clients to take their horses. I was confused at such an instruction and said, Lord, I thought we were trying to build up the riding school by getting more people to board their horses, not to take their horses away to board them at another riding school. And the Lord replied, is it my riding school or yours? I said, yours, Lord. This meant I had to obey God, even though it didn't make sense at the time. So I obeyed and my three clients who had their horses boarding with me reluctantly left. After this, some new pupils joined the riding school for riding lessons and the next month we did not make a loss and the following month we made a profit for the first time. It was then that I had to take my books to the auditor for the end of year's tax. The auditor called me in and said, take a look at this. See the fees you are charging your boarders, and compare them with your food bill. You are undercharging your boarders and need to put the fees up a lot before you can think of making a profit. I did not realize that the Lord knew about business management. I then told the auditor what the Lord had told me to do in order to turn the riding school into the profitable business. And he explained to me how inflation had hit South Africa for the very first time. Since then, every decision I have ever made has been born in prayer, and the outcome has been successful every time. And this lesson applies to decision-making in both a practical as well as a miracle. In the Transgai, a few years later, we were part of a leadership team running a youth camp by the sea. As often happens in Africa, More children turned up who then had booked in and we took them in. The only problem is we ran out of food at the end of the camp, leaving only enough food for one plate of breakfast cereal to be shared between 17 of us leaders. The hostess did not want to know what to do so she asked the Lord. And the Lord said, say grace as you normally do. So she said, Grace, as we always do before meals, and then decided to give us each of us a teaspoonful. Seeing more cereal still left, she carried on spooning and spooning until all 17 bowls were full of cereal and there were still the same amount of cereal left in the packet. Only then did we realize that a miracle had happened. We all went off with a full stomach. God cares, because the next town, Umtata, was a good four hours drive away. Decision-making in prayer even works where things do not make sense, as long as we obey God's decision for that situation. My calling is to plant churches in remote villages, but through my book, Dare to Step Out of Faith, I began to receive invitation to major cities, not to run crusades but to simply speak in small churches. Now what was the Lord doing? How could I make any impact in a city? My only decision was to obey God and go. So on the 15th of April 2008 Barbara from Ghana and I flew to New York. That night we stood by the Statue of Liberty looking across the river to the brilliantly lit up city of New York. And as I stared at this massive city, I suddenly saw the vision again that the Lord had given me 17 and a half years previously on August 15, 1990, just before going into the operating theatre to give birth to my daughter Rebecca now i was seeing the fulfillment of that vision of bringing the gospel to some of the major cities of the world and since then i have spoken in singapore london hyderabad wellington Christchurch, and in australia in sydney and canberra but there's more to this than that the new york pastor who had been sharing with us on the way the impact dared to step out of faith had made on him and how he was trying to bring power and authority of our living Jesus back into his church and how this had led to difficulties and persecution from some other churches. This is why I was invited. I had the challenge of bringing the reality of the living Jesus to some of New York's uh, African churches. These were churches which were practicing Christianity without power, with the teachings in theory only, devoid of reality, and as a as a result, many were being tempted off by another kind of power offered by the demonic and drug abuse that was increased in that city. When we were back in the car again, the pastor put on a Christian tape, "Open the eyes of our heart, Lord." We want to see Jesus. Yes, I thought. Open the eyes of our understanding, Lord. We want to see from the heavenly realm. Isn't that what Ephesians means? And so I went to speak in his church and the people began to listen. And the people then realized that Jesus is alive. He is the living God. And the churches began to spark revival. It is just amazing how God will bring the vision to reality sometimes years later and the Lord said yes you gave birth to a new life on that date that I gave you the vision which you will never forget. Rebecca you gave birth to in the physical but now I want you to use you to spark birth to the spiritual realm for revival. I'm using you along with many, many others whom I've also called to ignite the spark of revival, which my pastors in each part will mature to full maturity. Yes, and as you step forth with the same fear and trembling as before you were to give birth physically, knowing that the child of pain birth was just ahead of you, in the same way you step out boldly as you did then, knowing that there's no other way but to walk forward into it, yes, in the same way, similar pains will lie ahead. But your joy will abound where your work has been completed in me and suddenly I realized that the vision had come true exactly as God had told me. I then remembered a phone call from a man who wanted the answer as to why Abraham should lie in Genesis 12, 13. And I remembered the answer to that question from a course I'd gone to with uh, the Ebo archaeological finds from a rabbi God did not ask Abraham to lie, but rather the scriptures are kept so accurately in detail to reveal to us today how every word in the Bible is absolutely true. Only in the 1980s, the archaeologists discovered that there were actually two marriage contracts in that time. The first one being similar to the marriage contracts we have today. The second marriage contract being the sister contract that meant that that marriage could never be separated by divorce or any other means. So telling Pharaoh that Sarah was married with a sister contract was to protect Sarah from Pharaoh for Pharaoh could not touch any woman married with a sister contract how we need to thank every person who wrote our bibles and even when the words did not make sense at the time they made the right decision to keep every word of scripture accurate so that the lord could use even more proof of scripture to bring yet another person to himself we need to really come to the Lord every day yield ourselves to him and ask him to guide us and show us everything he wants us to do and then make every decision we have to make in prayer in God's presence and then to walk in absolute obedience. And I can share with you that since I decided those many years ago to make every decision in prayer, every decision I've ever made has been successful. After all, we can only make a decision as to what comes into our little minds how can we decide if we have two job offers which one to take which one not to take for example people only tell us what they want us to hear they don't tell us what they don't want us to hear but God knows everything so when we ask God which decision we must make. God knows the pros and cons of each choice. And he has your mind on his mind. He wants you to make the right decision. So he will tell you the right decision to make. And sometimes it won't be the one that gives the most money, but it'll be the one that gives you the most job satisfaction. So God will always guide you in his perfect way and you will walk in total blessing and fulfillment of his will and you will find your life becoming more successful. God will never, ever, ever give you the wrong decision. He will always give you the right decision. So by coming to God in prayer and asking Him His decision and make your decision in prayer to obey Him, your life is guaranteed to be successful every time and God will never, never, never let you down. He has never let me down and He will never let you down. That is the secret of the success of our ministry is waiting on God, making our decisions in prayer and doing His will and allowing God to confirm what He has told us to do with His signs and wonders following every single time. It works. Now some of you may not even have received Jesus as Lord and Saviour yet. So the first step of yielding your decision and making your decision in prayer is to first to receive him as Lord and Saviour. So I'd like you to say this prayer after me if you'd like to receive him into your heart as your Lord and Saviour. Say this prayer, Lord Jesus, I come to you now. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me every sin I've ever done. I choose to follow you in truth and righteousness from this time on. Thank you for forgiving me. Please come into my heart and life as my Lord and Savior. Lord, teach me how to live for you. I want to make my decisions in prayer because I want to be successful in life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, if you are sick, the Lord also wants to heal you. So place your hand on your sickness and your pain. Say, Lord Jesus, please place your spiritual hand on my hand. And I will be healed in Jesus' name. Now receive your healing now in Jesus' name for his spiritual hand is over yours right now. You can do that daily till you're totally healed. Some of you will be healed instantly right now. Receive it. Jesus loves you. Now there's a few things you need to do as a new Christian. First, learn to pray. Get to know God. Talk to God every day and listen for his voice. Ask Him to help you with your decision-making. He will start with you straight away, and you'll be amazed what He will do in in and through your life. Buy yourself a Bible and read it every day, for the Word of God will train you in truth and righteousness and all wisdom you need. And join a Bible-believing church and get baptized as soon as you can in water to confirm your decision today. Because as you go under the water, you identify with the death of Jesus. And as you rise up out of the water, you are born again to eternal life. As your life is transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of heaven, where you become a son or daughter of the living God of heaven, and where you will spend all eternity with him. That's the greatest news you can ever hear. God loves you so much. And remember, tell others what you have done. God bless you greatly. And I'll now hand back to our host.